It's time to get in the zone. The Fantasy Football Zone. Hey guys, where else would you rather be? Get involved with the show by following us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. This is the Fantasy Football Zone. And welcome back in Fantasy Football Zone. It's PJ with you coming up minutes out from Jake Latarski, rotowire.com. We'll look back at week four and get you ready for week five action as well. First off, let's look ahead to week five. Some things we're looking at. Arizona Cardinals, last undefeated team so far in the NFL at 4-0. And they have scored at least 30 points in each of their first four games of the 2021 season. They could do something special coming up uh, this Sunday. With at least 30 points against the 49ers, they would become the sixth team to score at least 30 points in each of their first five games to start an NFL season. For the previous five teams to accomplish that feat, they advanced to the Super Bowl. So the Arizona Cardinals and that offense, we're going to talk about that later on. But again, they could if they score another 30-point game, they're going to be in some pretty elite company uh, coming up if they can do that coming up this Sunday. Other uh, things we're looking at, uh, Justin Herbert. I mean, he has been on quite the tear ever since taking over the starter role. What was it, week two or three last year? And this is going to mark his 20th start here. And check out these numbers for Herbert in 20 career games. They're going to host the Cleveland Browns coming up this Sunday. He already registered his 500 career completion. And he became the first quarterback in the Super Bowl era to reach 500 career completions prior to his 20th NFL start. So in week five, he has 40 career touchdown passes. So what he can do is if he passes for three touchdown passes in this game, he's going to surpass Tony Romo for the fourth most by a quarterback in his first 20 career starts in NFL history. And other names on this list include Mahomes. He's the leader at 60 TD passes in 20 starts. I mean, that's amazing. Kurt Warner is on this at 51 TD passes. Dan Marino on this list as well. Aroma, as we mentioned. So again, if Herbert could toss three touchdown passes coming up this Sunday against the tough Browns defense, definitely going to edge his name in the uh, record books and a very impressive 20 game start for Justin Herbert and his uh, start of his career. He can say still year and a half in. Other things we're looking at, speaking of uh, rookies, Cincinnati rookie ride receiver Jamar Chase leads all rookies with 297 receiving yards and four touchdown receptions and has recorded at least 50 receiving yards in each of his first four career games. So coming up on Sunday, Bengals take on the Packers and Chase can become the fifth rookie in NFL history with at least 50 receiving yards in each of his first five career games. Now this mark has been hit the last couple seasons. Terry McLaurin did it in 2019. CeeDee Lamb did it last Last year, And again, all he's got to do is get 50 yards against the Packers. He might do it with uh, some injury issues in that Packers secondary. So Jamar Chase, uh, the rookie wide receiver. Bang. Remember, he couldn't catch anything in uh, training camp. That was the knock on him. Maybe we'd pause things. Well, he's got a chance to set, a rec- set the uh, record coming up this Sunday. Other receiving records, I mean, we t- we're going to talk about it. Week four was the uh, week of the receiver in fantasy, basically. And uh, some other records could be set this week, so it might continue to week five. Odell Beckham Jr. of the Browns has 494 receptions and 6,934 career receiving yards in 84 games. On Sunday, he can join Julio Jones as the only players ever with at least 500 receptions and 7,000 receiving yards in their first 85 career games. And you think about that, Beckham missed a lot of time with injuries still 
Pretty impressive for him to be on that list with Julio. Also, uh, Buccaneers wide receiver Antonio Brown, 899 receptions for 11,947 yards in 142 career games. On Sunday against the Dolphins, he can surpass Pro Football Hall of Famer Marvin Harrison as the fastest player to reach 900 career receptions in NFL history. And if you think about that, too, remember, Brown missed a year, basically, by not playing with the team and then other things going on as well. So that is just amazing, Mark, that he is on as well. And Arizona's DeAndre Hopkins, who will be 29 years old on Sunday, has 764 career receptions. He needs one catch against the 49ers to surpass Larry Fitzgerald for the most receptions ever by a player prior to his 30th birthday. So he is definitely on track for that. And we'll talk a little defense in this segment. I mean, Dallas cornerback Trayvon Diggs leads the NFL five interceptions so far this season and having recorded at least one interception in each of the Cowboys' first four games with an interception on Sunday against the Giants, which might be possible. Diggs would become the third player in the Super Bowl era to record at least one interception in each of his team's first five games of the season. And again, that is just remarkable where he's at right now, already with five interceptions to lead the league. But if he were to get one more, uh, he'd be coming in with five straight games with a pick. So again, that Dallas defense, maybe it has finally turned the corner and uh, Diggs leading the way for them. Subscribe to the Fantasy Football Zone and give us a five-star rating while you're at it. This is the Fantasy Football Zone. Welcome back into the Fantasy Football Zone. Once again, joined by RotoWire.com's Jake Latarski and Jake Boy, the wide receivers, they really balled out here in week four. Yeah, yeah. Some of these guys that you drafted, maybe used a first-round pick on, like Tyreek Hill, finally paid off this week, having huge, just monster fantasy games. Uh, and then there's some of the guys that are a little bit under the radar, too. I mean, Debo, Debo Samuel didn't have a, have such a high price, but he had a monster game. Now, granted, that one of those big plays was with, was with a big blown coverage. DJ Moore, I mean, Sam yeah. Darnold loves him. He's going to keep going. Scary Terry is back, even yes. with Taylor Heineke. And Deontay Johnson, my boy, my guy from the start of the year, you know, obviously the Steelers didn't look great against uh, the Packers overall. Big Ben's a little washed, but he's going to keep pumping that ball to Deontay Johnson all season long. So uh, a lot of positives to look at look at after week four. Yeah, that was difficult to watch. I saw that in person, Deontay Johnson on that opening drive. And I'm like, and I was against him that week. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be a long game. I just, mm-hmm. when I saw yeah, that. We were, the ball. we were all worried about the knee injury. Like he was, I, yeah. if I remember right, he was carted off or kind of hobbled off and it looked bad. Yeah. And he only misses a week. So fortunately, that's what I, that's pretty much what I hinge most of my season on. I think I've got him in like 60% of leagues or something along that, uh, just because he's going to be a target monster and he's going to continue to be. And he can also throw in there, I mean, Cordero Patterson, whatever they label him, running back, wide, I mean, <laughs> whatever you label him, he's really like a wide receiver. But then he goes off too. So, I mean, it's just added to everything going on for the wideouts. Yeah, you know, I think I must have just had some bias in, in my past with him, thinking that he's never really produced anywhere that he's gone. But, you know, one of my colleagues made a great point that, you know, coming out of the draft, he had a decent rookie season with Minnesota, largely returning kicks. He is a generational freak athlete. People forget yeah. about that. Now that he's, you know, right around his 30s, you would think that would fade a little bit. But the, the tools have always been there and it's amazing. It took this long to find a team to actually use him. He might end up being a little bit of a, early on in the season. We all thought Tyson Williams was going to be the game changer, right? Yeah. He ends up inactive this week for, you know, their other, you know, washed mm-hmm. up vets, but uh, it might be Cordero as your sneaky flexed guy. That's going to get you 10 or so points every week. And it's strange ever since Belichick used him that one game, I think against the Packers as running back. Then people thought, Oh yeah, we can put him in the backfield too. So, I mean, Atlanta seems like they're doing that kind of package as well with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, Mike Davis, 
is he's still a good player, but this whole Falcons offense is tough to trust. Who yeah. would have thought that by week four we'd say Cordero Patterson is the <laughs> is the uh, is the most trusted guy there? You know, Kyle Pitts came in with all the hype. Yeah, Kelvin Ridley is still Ooh. right among league leaders in snap share, you know, air yard share, all the all the stuff that you need. But you know, he hasn't produced yet, and it's Cordero that's coming through. So it's a uh, it's amazing this this game that we play here. It can it can throw because <laughs> I can't name you a single expert. You know, definitely you know myself included that you know put. Cordero Patterson even that even touched their top 150 before the year it was just yeah. expected to be a depth guy at best well one of the big games this week and it was a surprising result Arizona just blew out the Rams so that Arizona offense they continue to roll and I mean sometimes they may put you in a tough situation because you don't know James Conner looks like the touchdown vulture we don't know you know in that backfield who's going to get the uh, big share of plays but obviously that passing game Kyler yeah. Murray he's got to be QB1 right mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if they keep blowing out teams like this, then both Chase Edmonds and James Conner are going to be very startable on a week-to-week yeah. basis. And very few running backs, actually, you you can say that about. So, uh, you know, that part of the offense is, is incredibly exciting here. And obviously, you have Kyler Murray. He's going to be pretty much our default weekly QB1 until further notice, like number one overall. And he's definitely on that, uh, you know, MVP track. Uh, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is, is your guy. And then, you know, you run down the rest of that team. That's yeah. where it starts to get a little bit tricky. I mean, yeah. A.J. Green was the guy that produced this week. Um, I don't know if I'm rushing to make a huge waiver wire bid on him if he's around there quite yet. I mean, you want part of this offense in, in some way, shape, or form, and he's definitely rosterable. But when we get to waivers in a little bit, I've got a couple other sleeper receivers we want to look at here. And, uh, you know, then you got your Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk. Which one's going to you know yep. be productive each week? So it's a tough one. Even Max Williams could be a deeper, a two tight end type lead guy that you could look to on a week to week. But this offense has a ton of pieces. Murray, of course, is you know it seems like every week he's widening his gap on the MVP race. And and I wasn't expecting this out of James Conner, but uh, you know he's very viable. He out carried Edmonds. Of course, some of that's game flow, but uh, but you know he, he's a, also a very viable back, a good guy to own. And going back to those wide receivers, it's kind of like what we talked about last week with the Rams. They, you know, you've got the one like Cup, but how about these others fall down the line? Kind of the same situation in Arizona, where for sure it's Hopkins, and then but that from there, it's going to be a crapshoot from week to week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the pattern has been a relatively clear packing order. I mean, Hopkins one, AJ Green two, even Christian Kirk number three. Even though he only had one catch this week. Kirk is at least out on the field more than uh, than Rondell Moore. Uh, yeah. But Rondell Moore, they find when he is on the field, they find creative ways to get him the ball. So, you know, that could arguably make his value more than someone like Kirk. So, yeah, there's a lot to like over here. All right. It's official. You got to start everyone when you're playing the Falcons or Texans D. I mean, these teams are just terrible against like the pass and everything. These I mean, mm-hmm. I was just stunned by how much they were giving up this week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. The Falcons and Texans are both bottom five in the league uh, against opposing fantasy quarterbacks. And then it just all trickles from there. I mean, every year there's these teams that tend to show up here that be that, you know, that are great for opposing fantasy carnivals. And now I'm not necessarily saying go pick up Zach Wilson and start him this week <laughs> against the Falcons. But, you know, some of your Jets options, maybe Corey Davis bounces back a little bit. Jamison Crowder is a guy that uh, I didn't have a ton of waiver wire time dedicated to him, but he's a sleepy guy that, you know, is under 50% rostered in the major formats. He could, you know, have a decent game against the Falcons here, especially if Elijah Moore has to miss more time in any way, shape or form. But yeah, these are two, two of the many team or two, 
two of the main teams. Yeah. I would almost sneak the Jaguars in there too, because they're getting yeah. routed on a weekly basis. And that whole organization's quite a mess, you know, with everything <laughs> that's going on there. Uh, so, so yeah, there are definitely some teams you want to be targeting every week and, you know, bumping these guys up our weekly rankings by default. Yeah. I bet urban will be the first one on the team playing this week. Yeah. Yeah. I looked, uh, <laughs> he's, uh, I think he's minus 200 to be the first NFL coach sacked and that's followed by Matt Nagy. Who's at plus 200. So you can't <laughs> even get plus money on urban Meyer right no. now. It's like that they're ready for him like any day now. Yeah. USC has come calling for him. It's like mm-hmm. the worst kept secret in the world. Saving like yeah. right now that's going on. Yeah. That was always the thing. He'll be at USC by Thanksgiving. Right. You know, and, we, and we've got a few weeks for that. <laughs> well, the panic alert segment here, it's been kind of a good luck thing because when we feature these guys, all of a sudden yes. they blow up the next week. So mm-hmm. if we mention them in the panic alert, that's good news for upcoming weeks, right? Yeah, yeah, hopefully. And uh, I picked up the guy I want to talk about this week uh, is Miles Sanders. And hopefully it has the same yes. effect because I picked him up in a couple leagues towards the end when I started to talk myself into like, I don't really have any shares. Maybe I should get some. You know, you talk yourself into evening out your portfolio towards the end of draft season. but. Clearly picking up Miles Sanders has not worked out so far. You know, single-digit carries in in back-to-back weeks. And this week, you know, a waiver guy you might want to look at is uh, is Kenneth Gainwell because this week Kenneth Gainwell had a season high in snap share. He was out there almost 40% of the snaps, had eight targets, which was his most all season, most total yards, 99. And, I mean, he's just – he's starting now. The carry percentage, the overall snap rate is looking like it's Sanders, but – you know, they're not really running between the tackles much and they're finding themselves behind in games. And, and Sanders is looking kind of like an afterthought. And, you know, thankfully I picked up Gainwell after he scored, I think week one, you know, in some of these Sanders leagues. But, uh, you know, if you miss out on some of the top waiver wire guys, Gainwell's only around 35, 40% rostered in some leagues. And he's someone that, uh, you know, that can produce. I think this this Eagles offense definitely has some fantasy weapons here. Hertz is obviously liking his tight ends more than the receiving core right now. But uh, And the other unique thing about Hertz I want to bring up is he defies the dual threat quarterback logic here. I'm pulling this from one of our great backfield breakdown articles on Rotowire. He defies that logic because he has sent 23.4% of his targets to running backs, and that's sixth among qualified passers. You normally wow. think that quarterbacks that are dual threat like this Instead of dumping off, they just take off and run. But Hertz is actually giving the ball to his running backs. So with that stat, mixed with the fact that Miles Sanders is not producing, I think, you know, if if I have my big red panic button here, I'm slamming on it on him. Benching him this week, for sure, even in a 10-team league. Yeah. I got to ask you about Alvin Kamara. I know he goes in spurts. That's traditionally him where he'll have a couple slow games here and there, but then all of a sudden he'll rip off a couple huge, you know, games fantasy-wise. But, you know, this year – had, you know, decent week one, but then all of a sudden, you know, it's been hit or miss here. Is this just the typical Alvin Kamar to expect, or is there something more to this? Yeah, I mean, listen, he hasn't went off and had, like, the Derrick Henry or the Tyreek Hill game that we have been hoping. Uh, but outside of week two against Carolina, who turns out they're a very good defense, you know, he's gotten a dozen or more points in just standard formats in, in each week. So he hasn't been horrific. He hasn't necessarily been costing you matchups. Mm-hmm. And listen, last the last two weeks... He's got a combined 50 carries. That is way, you know, I, lo- I look at volume above all else. And uh, and then that is way ahead of his career average. So I maybe you could maybe, maybe make a little injury risk. But what I look at that and see is volume. And uh, and that's what you want to stick with. I mean, don't even think about benching Elvin Kamara. Yeah. I would even consider buying low on him if you can. Uh, I think part of it is, is the efficiency not being there is because he is 
what opposing teams game plan for. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, down the road here a little bit, the receiving core gets healthier. Traquan Smith, Michael Thomas, I think week six or seven or, or after their week six bye, I think some of these guys are due back. So, uh, um, I, yeah, that'll even things out in terms of how opposing defenses have to game plan it. And uh, I, overall, I mean, Kamara's not even – that's so far from my mind yeah. as a panic guy yet. All right. Well, you just brought up the Michael Thomas name. I just want to, you know, throw that out there. If you are looking to grab him, if you're doing that, because there seems to be a guy every year, someone waits and then they grab on and then they hope Mm -hmm. they return to that form that they used to be. If he is sitting out there right now, do you grab him now or do you wait a couple weeks? I mean, every league roster situation is different. If you're in a league with IR spots, chances are he's been held on to this entire time. His availability hasn't tipped the point where we can feature him on our waiver wire show just yet. Mm-hmm. So if he's out there, of course, right? Because you don't, you, you don't have a ton to lose. You know, if you drafted him, you knew that you were going to have to suck, suck up a bench spot for yeah. six whole weeks before maybe getting his chance with him. Um, now you're only doing that for two weeks. So the, so the opportunity cost is much lower there and you want to think about it. Um, can he be the guy that, that he once was? I mean, I don't know, but yeah. he's definitely the wide receiver one on that team. And uh, I, I imagine he'll be productive. You know, issues with the organization aside, you can't have a guy like that and not use him. And I think he'll quickly become Jameis's favorite target, similar to the way that Jameis would kind of pump the ball into uh, to, to Mike Evans. You yeah. know, he, would, he was always looking his way. I think we'll see something similar with Michael Thomas. He'll be a, he'll be a good guy to have. I just don't think the availability is there. All right. So let's get that waiver wire rundown and uh, who we jumping on here this week. Yeah, well, I mean, everybody's going to tell you that uh, Damian Williams is the guy this week. And, you know, I, I maybe it's just my intrinsic, you know, dis- disdain for the Bears <laughs> that wants to recommend against this. But uh, there are some factors where he's not, you know, your layup waiver wire pick necessarily. I've seen him go for 30% or more of fab budgets this week. And, you know, definitely seeing people use uh, top waiver wire priority. And, and, and sure, you know, he'll be presumably the guy that that gets the most carries in the Chicago backfield. But then you have to repeat what I just said there, the word Chicago backfield. And, and <laughs> those are your, they're, they're your problems right there. The defense is okay, but the game flow, they're not going to get a ton of positive game flow if they can't score any points. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. And then Damian Williams himself is, uh, he's got a thigh bruise. So, you know, he's not completely healthy. I mean, that's much better than the Montgomery situation where we're looking at four to five weeks. So even in a best case scenario, they come out there, give Damian Williams 20 carries. How efficient is he going to be with those? And it's a four week span. So, you know, you grab him if the cost is low, you kind of, I'll put what I, you know, if you're in a free agent acquisition budget here, which is my favorite way to do it. You know, I put kind of a safety bid on there, maybe like 10, 15% to it's, I call it the keep them honest bid is what okay. is the word I was looking for, you know, to make sure nobody gets them for nothing, but knowing you probably won't get him necessarily. Personally, my biggest bids, my biggest bid this week. Now I know I just trashed the Jacksonville organization <laughs> here, but after DJ shark goes off with his uh, ankle injury, which it was so brutal. I mean, yeah. side note here last week in fantasy, I went against Tyreek Hill in three leagues and I started uh, DJ shark in three leagues. So oh. it was a miserable week for me, uh. you know? So it was, it was very tough to come out ahead uh, in that situation, but you know, someone's got to catch, catch the passes over there. And, sh- yep. and uh, the guy I'm looking for that I bid around 20% on, which is maybe a little bit high, might be able to get him for cheaper considering it is Jacksonville and all. But I really like LaVisca Chenault. He was already yeah. out there 
you know, in three wide receiver sets to begin with. So uh, the, the, the snap shares there and definitely the target share and, uh, you know, the air yards, especially last week, uh, you know, that's all that's all picking up and going to be on the rise. He'll be, you know, oddly enough, Marvin Jones is, is has been their wide receiver one over there. Yeah. But I think uh, there's room for Chenault. I mentioned this defense being back bad, you have to let Trevor Lawrence, you know, take his lumps and, and try to get back into these games. So this is going to be a pass heavy game script for the Jaguars quite a bit. And Chenault comes in with the draft profile with yep. all the talent. And, uh, He's a guy that could really take a step. Now, you know, Chenault and Damian Williams are probably the top two guys this week. I talked about Kenneth Gainwell, you know, as a possible waiver ad in my Miles Sanders bit there. Uh, I would also take a look at Alex Collins from Seattle. The Seahawks like to run the ball quite a bit. And Chris Carson, just the split between Carson and Alex Collins lately has suggested that maybe Carson isn't completely healthy. And what do you know? He yeah. comes this week, merges on the injury report with a neck injury, did not practice yesterday at all. We're going to see what happens today. But Alex Collins is a guy that after all the waivers cleared on Tuesday, I picked him up in a league that I had Chris Carson just in case, you know, something happens there. Um, and then I talked about, you know, uh, Kadarius Tony for the Giants last week. Well, you have to monitor that uh, that injury situation, but he actually came out and had a pretty good game and it's looking pretty effective. And of course, uh, we panic buttoned Allen Robinson last week. Yes. But when I really looked into, uh, you know, the matchups and, and the target share, or not necessarily the matchup, but the target share and the snap distribution for the Bears, um, it is heavily, heavily in favor of Darnell Mooney. He's on the field more than Allen yes. Robinson. Actually, Cole Komet's on the field more than any of them, <laughs> which is kind of a weird side side note. But uh, it seems like, at least with fields, Darnell Mooney's getting the options here. And, you know, when you're, you're leading your team in targets on a week-to-week basis, even if it is a bottom-five team, you know, there's some fantasy value there. So, you know, you look at some of those guys and uh, hopefully can help you out this week and beyond. Time now for Studs and Duds. All right, let's look at some studs and duds for week five. We'll start off at uh, running back position. Who you got for a stud this week? Yeah, so this is an interesting one. You know, I've been watching the Tampa Bay backfield quite a bit. And, uh, you know, Leonard Fournette maybe isn't the name that uh, comes to a lot of people's minds, but he's pretty much taken over uh, in this backfield. He's gotten almost 82% of the snap share, especially with uh, Gio Bernard not playing. You know, he's got an MCL sprain. I imagine that'll be a multiple-week absence, but it's uh, Fournette getting the, the, the high, high percentage of the carries and the targets and the snaps. So that's good in its own right. But then you go ahead and you see, you know, you look at the matchup against the Dolphins. They've already given up five touchdowns to opposing running backs this year. They are giving up the third most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs just behind the Lions and the Jets. So I think, uh, you know, the the opportunities there and the matchup is there for uh, Leonard Fournette to sneak in and have a pretty good week. I'm uh, this is a hometown pick, but I think uh, Aaron Jones bounces back this week, has a stud performance against the Bengals. Obviously, uh, game flow. I mean, they they featured a lot of A.J. Dillon against the Steelers to pound the ball in the second half and mm-hmm. run some of that clock. But I think uh, this is a pretty good matchup for Jones against this uh, Bengals defense, which is it's improving. But I think there's still some spots here. Mm-hmm. He could have a pretty big game, especially catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, I think it could be a multiple touchdown game for Jones coming up this week against the Bengals. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Packers are only favored by three points on the road here. And, uh, you know, it's a high over under game. 
And if the, the you know, the secondary situation, you know, might, might, I might talk about that a little yeah, later, but the yeah. secondary situation with the Packers here, uh, you know, they're going to give up some points. They're going to have to score some points. And when they're in, you know, close shootout type games, that's best for Aaron Jones. We actually rank Aaron Jones as RB3 this week. So uh, definitely, um, definitely something that we like here. All right. Who's a dud running back this week? Yeah, you know, I'm going to be real bold with this one. Probably eh, maybe my second boldest take okay. of this segment. We'll we'll, we'll t- <laughs> get you later, but we you know the you know the guy that does our rankings has Austin Eckler ranked number 2 and he looked pretty good on Monday night in in a sense that he was getting between the tackle and goal line stuff that he wasn't uh that the perception was that he wasn't necessarily getting that before. But you know, there's a few things that are uh, tough about the upcoming matchup against the Browns. The Browns are one of only three teams in the league allowing under three yards per carry to opposing running backs. And they also haven't given up a touchdown to opposing running backs yet. So, you know, you have to think about sample size a little bit. Four week sample size is enough to maybe start to think about that. And also of course you have yet a really large volume week for Eckler on Monday night, then you have the short, the, the short week. So, you know, you're thinking maybe something, you know, the guys like Roundtree and, um, and, uh, and Justin Jackson might get involved a little bit. I mean, Roundtree still had 11 carries. So, uh, you know, not too far behind Eckler. So um, again, you're obviously not benching Eckler this week, mm-hmm. but he's not a guy that I'd look to target in daily formats. And, um, and I wouldn't be too scared of going against him, you know, compared to past weeks. Well, Jake, this is going to scare me, but you scare you, but I, I agree with you. That was going to be mine. So, <laughs> I mean, if that, if, if history shows us anything, he's going to go off for 400 yards yeah. and five. Yeah. Touchdowns. Make him your captain in your yes. daily lineups, you know, <laughs> go trade for him, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I just say these things are so cyclical and I like to get these guys yeah. where the hype is big after yeah. one week and, yep. uh, you know, maybe expect, you know, you got to lower expectations a little bit, but that Browns front seven with miles Garrett, you know, just, and David, they, they look so nasty mm-hmm. and, and they're a really good defense they're going to be scary uh you know I, the Packers got him in December I'm looking forward to that game yeah. but you know the, it's a great front seven and and uh you just temper expectations for Eckler all right uh let's see quarterback position who you see as a stud this week yeah now I know my target audience here um and this is going to be a little bit risky maybe I'll get some heat for this but uh Joe Burrow. Yeah, I think yep. you have to think about him. Yep. We put him in the QB one territory this week. We have him ranked 11th overall on RotoWire, and it just we, I don't know a ton about the Jair situation. It looks like maybe he can play through it with a brace, but I've seen you know you know, receivers you know miss multiple weeks with this AC joint type issue here. So so we'll see what happens. And uh, you know the interesting thing with the Packers, not to get too sidetracked, is uh, you know the Patriots ended up releasing Stephon Gilmore today, yes. and that might be a, a much needed signing for the Packers. They, you know they don't normally go for these splashy type of deals, but that could be a guy that could really help their team. You know even on the backswing of his career it could be a guy that could really help their team or at least help their depth out there. Cause you know, Stokes has looked good. Mm-hmm. Kevin King is Kevin King. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, we, we definitely could use another guy back there, but anyway, back to the original point, Joe Burrow, uh, you know, his receivers uh, are looking good. He's probably getting T Higgins back this week. At least that's what the signs seem to indicate right now. And Joe Mixon's a little banged up here. So I don't necessarily see their game plan being a success. If it's to go out and give Samaj P Ryan 20 to 25 carries. So this is a game where with trying to keep up with a healthy receiving core with a banged up Packers secondary where Joe Burrow could throw 60 passes. And I'm actually, I'm seriously considering starting Burrow over Justin Herbert against the Browns in one week. So that's kind of where I'm at mentally with that. All right. I'm going to go on a deep end here. Um, Just this guy has been playing great lights out Taylor Heineke. I mean, why not? Um, You know, pass for 290 yards, three touchdowns uh, last week. 
So he is trying to get his fourth start start in a row with two-plus TD passes, So including to that postseason game last year. I mean, he has been a role when he has been in to play. He likes McLaurin. So Saints secondary, yeah, might be a little tough matchup, but I just like the mm-hmm. way he's playing right now. And I, I, I don't know if it's got a little Fitz magic yeah. running, rubbing off of him on the <laughs> sideline or what, but yeah, Taylor maybe. Heineke, deep leagues, why not? Maybe a daily fantasy. You're looking at a cheap price player to put in. Give him a mm-hmm. shot this week against Saints. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at DFS, uh, Heineke and McLaurin will be a uh, a pretty low-owned stack, so that's how you kind of leverage the field a little bit. It's it's a tough matchup, and obviously the guy didn't go to Harvard, but you're right. Yeah. You know, he's got some of that. Uh, he's got some of that magic going. He's really dialing in on Scary Terry. He might be missing Logan Thomas this week. That's a little bit of a concern. And uh, Curtis Samuel is like he's he's back, but he's not fully back necessarily. He was fourth among their wide receivers in 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 the snap share there so uh, i'd be a little worried about his weapons but uh you know he's sneaking into a guy that you're definitely starting to think about as qb2 in two quarterback formats for sure just throw it deep that's all you got to do someone will catch it yep chuck it up to scary terry <laughs> let him up. do the work <laughs> all right dud quarterback this week who you got yeah i'm going back to that uh chargers browns matchup and uh and i'm gonna go baker mayfield here because uh the chargers have been pretty good uh, against they're, they're the fifth lowest points allowed to opposing fantasy quarterbacks this week. And I, and I'm just seeing, you know, obviously Odell Beckham's there, but he hasn't quite been, I don't know, as involved or impactful as one would think. And I just see this being a relatively lower scoring game where the running backs do most of the damage here for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to sit Baker Mayfield this week. Man, I got to go with Jalen Hurts. Even though he's coming off a huge game against Kansas City, but on the road to Carolina, that defense, man, they have really turned it around and very impressive mm-hmm. out the get-go. I still think he'll get some points, but I just, uh, you know, after coming off a big high last week, I think you got to temper those expectations. I think it's going to be a little down performance for Hurts this week. Yeah, yeah. The thing the thing about Hertz is always that even if it is a down performance in the first, second, even third quarter, he manages to scrape together a decent fantasy day. So yeah. he's he could be a 20 point a week guy, but, uh, you know, he's not going to have a ton of wild weeks. I also don't think he'll have a ton of crazy bad weeks. So, uh, yeah. you know, that that's fair enough, though. The Chargers, like I, I was just said, doing the rankings, I'm sorry, the Panthers, they're right behind the Chargers. They're giving up the sixth fewest fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks right now. All right, stud wide receiver. Who are we going with after all the uh, big plays last week from all these uh, guys in the position? Yeah, there's been a guy who I've had my eye on and his has disappointed me so far, but uh, I think everything is adding up to him coming out with a breakout week, and that's Kelvin Ridley yeah. of the Falcons. You know, what do we talk about, uh, you know, starting guys against uh, against the against the Jets? And uh, even though the Jets are number three, against opposing wide receivers. This is the alternative thing about that sample size where you got to think of the Jets getting blown out and opposing teams not necessarily having to pass. You know, and obviously they looked a little, little bit better this past week. But Kelvin Ridley, he's on the field for just about every play. You know, outside of the quarterback he's and the, and the lineman, he's got the highest snap share. It was 97 98% last week. So there's there's that. And he's number three in the league, I believe, in uh, the team air yard share, which is another kind of metric you look at to see for opportunity you know one you got to be on the field but two you need to be targeted and you need to be targeted for big plays and while Ridley hasn't delivered in that yet I think he'll find a way to do that against the Jets or at least you'd hope because it's pretty much going to be now or never you know they're the home team either they're in that dome that that Ryan likes I just uh 
it's I don't want to say now or never for Ridley, but he's been, you know, just kind of scraping by with average games and hasn't quite had that breakout yet. I think it's the time this week. I have got to go to that Dolphins-Tampa Bay matchup, and I had to throw this guy in my flex last week, and when I put him in, I'm like, oh, no, he hasn't done anything all year. But all of a sudden, he did. I got to go with Devontae Parker. I, I you nice. know, Maybe it's not going to be him, but I think someone obviously in that Miami wide receiver core going to have a big day because of all the injuries just in that Tampa Bay secondary now. I mean, they have just amassed them up. I think, what, Richard Sherman's like the healthy corner now going into it, and they just signed mm-hmm. him last week, so – I definitely going to be some points had, I think, for those Miami wide receivers uh, coming up this week. Yeah, I knew I missed the guy when thinking about possible pickups this week, and the availability for Parker is surprisingly high. Yeah. And last week he was on the field. You know, he led the team in snap share at 90%, ran the most routes, got the most targets, uh, and, you know, a dominant in, in terms of those air yards that I was talking about before. So, you know, everything's looking, you know, the only downside here is the, is the quarterback. You know, can, what can <laughs> yeah. we expect from Jacoby Brissett? But Parker is a guy you can pick up. You can probably throw in this week. And Will Fuller just went on IR, I think, this morning. So it's a multi-week thing. Yeah. Even when Fuller gets back, like I, I think Parker is the guy there. And, you know, hopefully you can cross your fingers, wait for Tua to get back, and maybe have a slight improvement at quarterback. I'm not even certain how much of an improvement no. that would be necessarily. <laughs> but Devontae Parker has been able to produce with a variety of different quarterbacks over his career, and he's someone that can't be overlooked from a fantasy perspective. All right, Dud wide out this week. Yeah, so when I said Eckler before, I said that was my second boldest take today. Okay, I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna come back, and I'm gonna say Tyreek Hill. Ooh, Ooh. you know, uh, Tyreek Hill. One this, touchdown this cyclic- are a little bit cyclical here, and uh, you know he's not gonna. Ha- obviously, he doesn't have that every week, and you can see. You know, you look at his. If you put his game by game, his game log in a graph, you know, you're gonna see it looks like a heart rate monitor a little bit. Yes. You know, he has those. Uh, he has those some yeah. bad games sometimes. And the Bills are number one in the entire league uh, against opposing wide receivers. Opposing wideouts have scored just one touchdown against the Bills all year, and they also have one of the lowest catch rates. So, I mean, this Bills team, uh, it, it's a it's a nasty good team on on defense, and I think they'll give Tyreek. I mean, Tyreek Hill. Could he get 60, 80 yards, maybe a score? Could he one big play could, you know, burn this whole prediction for me to the ground. But I think we're going to see things revert a little bit. And maybe we have a Kelsey week instead of a uh, instead of a Hill week. And also Tredarius White, you know, we obviously love Jair Alexander for the Packers here. But Tredarius White is uh, or Tredavious White. Sorry, I'm I'm reading that wrong. Uh, Tredavious White, he is uh, he's kind of right in that same tier of, of cornerback talent. So depending on how much he shadows Hill and how much Mahomes decides he's going to look to Kelsey instead, I think, uh, you know, I, I would take the under on 20 fantasy points for Hill, which is, I guess, yeah. where you have to be with the wide receiver one. You know, Hill and Adams, I always put one A, one B, you know, in the entire league here. So I just, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be back to the mean this week for Tyreek Hill. But, you know, it's just this week, this matchup here, he's going to be obviously just fine. Well, I'm also, uh, for my dud, looking at the matchups here, wide receiver, and uh, I got to go to the Thursday nighter. I think DK Metcalf, uh, I don't think this is his game. I I think they'll get some points, but it's a Tyler Lockett game, I think, for Seattle, where (laughs) I think Jalen Ramsey's going to be trying to be all over Metcalf in this game, match up with him. I think that's a very Mm -hmm. tough matchup. And, yeah, like I said, I think Lockett gets the receiver points this week for Seattle in that matchup.
Mm -hmm. Ramsey doesn't always lock in on one particular guy, you know, depending on the year. alignment. Yeah, he's been he's been seeing some more slot snaps this week. So, um, you know, I, I the whole receiver cornerback thing, you know, obviously I just did it. It's not necessarily, <laughs> you know, your, your, your go to thing necessarily. But, you know, Ramsey was another one of those guys, Jair, Tredavious, you know, all those guys. But his alignment this year has been a little bit different. Um. But still, you know, one of these wide receivers is going to do it. And, if, you know, if the pendulum keeps swinging, we're due for a locket week, especially now that he shed his injury designation. And uh, and Metcalf is uh, I believe he's been a little bit banged up in practice this week with a foot injury. We don't know a ton about that. He managed that last week, too. But the other thing you got to think about is, uh, you know, if Carson doesn't play, which wouldn't shock me at all, it seems like he's been like I said, he's been nursing something behind the scenes for a while. Mm -hmm. Are they really going to actually go out and give Alex Collins 20 carries? Probably not. This will yeah. be a Russell Wilson, a let Russ cook game. So uh, we'll, we'll see that. But and whoever, you know, whoever it is, watch Freddie Swain go get two touchdowns this week, you know, as the <laughs> as the guy getting their nickel corner or something yeah. along those lines. It's just, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of outcomes, you know, and plus the short week, you know, that that hurts too a little bit. But I, I could get on board with that, I guess. We're, we were both quite, pretty bold <laughs> this week. I'm proud of us. All right. We did a good job there. Uh, Packers, Bengals. Now, you brought up an interesting point, you know, with the uh, Stephen Gilmore news. I got to throw this out to you, Stephen Gilmore or Jalen Smith. Which one mm -hmm. you, if, should they go after? Because obviously now with the injuries in the secondary, Gilmore would be nice. But with the Zedaria Smith news, too, coming out late last week that, you know, he might mm -hmm. be done for the year. Would you like them to see, go after Smith as well? Yeah, I think Gilmore has maybe more left than Smith. Now, Smith, uh, he was somebody that I liked early on in his career. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I was I was. I, I was going deep on the Dallas message boards last night, the subreddits <laughs> and everything. And the Cowboys fans despise him. They say wow. he is so slow. He is so slow. Can't catch anybody. There's some, they were posting hilarious still images. He'll like, you know, jump on a pile way after the play's over, <laughs> or he like tried to jump and deflect a pass, like 15 yards away, had no chance of getting it. And they seem to equate it to when he, uh, when he signed that extension, you know, things have been going downhill and the Cowboys cut him because, you know, he's due there. He's all, they're already done 16 million dead cap hit this year. But if he were to get hurt and if they were playing him and he were to get hurt, the contract, they'd owe him another 16 million next year. So I'm not sure how that works. Okay. Obviously you'd have to let him, you'd have to let him clear waivers and then maybe you can reach out a deal because that contract's ridiculous. Um, but, you know, I, I agree that inside linebackers in need, for the Packers and Jalen Smith. My first thought was, oh man, they should get him. But then I started to look into it yeah. and, and, you know, started to see, you know, how he's <laughs> been playing lately. I think Gilmore has a little more in the tank left. And, uh, you know, he, he's like an improved Kevin King. Cause he's a big cornerback too. And, um, I think he just he he fits better, especially if we can't have Jair, because everything that that Packers defense does, you know, especially in terms of pass rush, it all kind of stems from having Jair in single coverage on your wide receiver one here, too. So if you're starting to have double guys, your pass rush is going to go downhill. You know, Burrow will get a ton of time to throw. And the Bengals have three solid receivers, you know, in Chase yeah. Higgins and even Tyler Boyd. And we saw Uzoma have a huge game. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of need uh, someone that you can count on for that defense to work one-on-one. -on -one. And I don't know, again, we're getting, we're creeping up on the week. I don't know if signing Gilmore <laughs> will do it, but if it came down to the two uh, that I prefer, I guess I would prefer a Gilmore signing. Yeah. And this matchup, I mean, this is going to be a fun one uh, coming up Sunday. Uh, you know, like you said, with Mixon banged up in that Bengals backfield, Burroughs probably got to air it out, and hopefully that defense can uh, put a good rush on to help out the secondary in this one. 
Yeah. And I mean, of course, as always, I'm confident. I think the Packers can keep up, uh, yeah. you know, the Bengals defenses last year. They were the defense that at least for opposing running backs, everybody targeted. It yep. was the layup one. Even if it was a committee, you'd start them both. Even if it was a guy, you know, you're just picking up off the wire for garbage time. You throw them in there and start them because the Bengals are such a sieve against running backs. Granted, it's improved. Um, but the defense is still, I still wouldn't call them a top half of the league defense by any means. So uh big time shootout here. I'm expecting, uh, you know, the Packers got to cover three, um, on the road. I think they'll do that. It's one of the highest over unders of the week at, at 51 points. I would, I'd probably take the over life's too short to bet the under. Right. <laughs> yes. But, uh, but, but, um, yeah, just, no, just overall, uh, it, it'll be a shootout game and, you know, not having Mixon will help because, you know, the linebacker situation isn't isn't great, but uh, they're going to give up some points and they're going to have to score. I bet, you know, the winner is going to have to score probably 31 here. I'll probably. put it at least. Yep. I'm with you on that one. Once again, Jake Latarski, rotowire.com. Tell us about all the great things that Rotowire can help you out become a fantasy champion with. Yeah, we're having all the sports intersect at one point yes. in Rotowire right now because hockey and basketball are right up around the corner. So we've got draft tools and rankings and all the everything you need for any of your office hockey or basketball pools. And I know some of that stuff's tough to find a little bit because football, you know, dominates everything. Mm-hmm. Obviously, football season full swing, you know, so, you know, still doing a little bit of baseball playoff coverage. So rotowire.com slash free will get you everything on the site for 10 days. Uh, no strings attached there. We won't make you enter a credit card or anything like that. Uh, so, you know, whatever, whatever you got coming up, whatever you want to check out, if you're playing DFS, making some bets or, uh, or you know, or just your general run of the mill fantasy stuff, you want to check out the rankings and the stats that I talk about on the show every week. Uh, give it a shot at rotowire.com slash free. Well, Jake, again, thanks for your time and we'll catch up with you again next week. Yeah, appreciate it always, and uh, looking forward to it, and uh, good luck to everybody out there. Subscribe to the Fantasy Football Zone and give us a five-star rating while you're at it. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Football Zone podcast.